Welcome back to another episode of Let's Swipe. As always, I'm Amanda, and I'm joined by my... Sleepy. <laughs> my sleepy co-host, Erica, and my strong Pilates co-host, Amy. Hi, guys. tomorrow when I can't lift my arms above my head and it hurts to sneeze and pee. Because <laughs> 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 my abs are so sore. <laughs> well, how's everything going? I get my COVID shot tomorrow. Yay! Yay! Very nice. I, this is a perfect joke for the podcast. So I gave blood yesterday and I get my first COVID shot tomorrow and my birthday is on Sunday. So that means I got two pricks for my birthday. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. <laughs> That's so bad. I, I should be ashamed of myself. Oh, that's that's right on brand for her, for you, Ames. Uh, dear dear listeners, as I'm sure you know, is completely 100% on brand. Inappropriate for her upcoming birthday. Happy birthday in advance. Yes. Happy birthday in advance. Yes, you can send hate mail to me. Just make sure you dress it specifically to me. <laughs> So no other news with me. What about you, Amanda? Do you have anything going on? What's news? Um, Perhaps what's the deal? I don't have too much going on right now. Um, I, I like I said, I was going to take April and not do the swiping, which I think was good for a few reasons. Work. I'm transitioning at work to, you know, more in-person stuff, and so it's been kind of hectic. So I'm, I'm enjoying just still taking time for me when I'm, when I'm not at work. Uh, but I did go to the movies with um, someone I had been talking to. Uh, I still have not heard from. Uh, it's a classic. After I gave him a nickname is like after we stopped talking to each other. Um, and, and so Artie, I think, is what I gave him. But door number one, door number one. Uh, but I, I certainly didn't expect to hear from him. But just he's still not. So I think that's definitely, you know, gone. Which it would have been even if I had heard from him. But. But I went to the movies with door number two. So he had reached out after um, after our conversation where I texted him to ask about the what was up with that bathroom video later, a couple of days later, you know, asked if I wanted to go to the movies. And I said, sure. And so last week I went to the movie theater for the first time in over a year. So I'll first talk about what I'm most excited about, which was, like, going to the movie theater. And it was nice. Like, we did wear our masks the whole time. There was one other person in the theater, and she was eating popcorn. So, of course, she was unmasked. But I felt okay because I'm vaccinated. Um, The movie was fantastic. And I had a really nice time being at the movies. I think that the evening with door number two which we were going platonically but I think that it cemented my belief that I made the correct decision in being like I am not interested in you romantically because there was just nothing you know we had nothing to talk about there was not it just was kind of awkward it was just this I mean it was a pleasant time like nobody we were we were polite and nice to each other it was just so clear there was just nothing there. Yeah. And I think sometimes we try to 
And I think maybe with him, I was trying to hope that it would work because, you know, we don't, none of us want to be single and on paper we should have worked. And I kept being like, you know, well, I don't like him on this platform, but maybe the next one, maybe the next one, maybe the next one. And, you know, it's like, we've talked on here before a little bit about like, well, how do you know when to stop or when to keep going? And, you know, I probably kept that going longer than I, than I should have or needed to. Uh, And I think it's just, man, like I'm, you know, if it's not working, it's not working and just like move on. So I'm glad I went to the movies with them because I thought we would also, I thought we could have a friendship, but then after the movies, it was like, yeah, we're not going to be friends. It, for no, just because we just don't click. Not because right, of anything. right. If it's not there, it's not there. It's not there. Yeah. And so, um, and I have a lot of guy, platonic guy friends. So like, I really thought that we would be, but no. Um, and so that was nice. And I expect never to talk to him again. And if he texts me, um, you know, I guess I'll just be honest with him. But I think we're both. I, I, I'm assuming we're both feeling fairly mutual about it just because it was when we were saying goodbye it really was like wow we're really on different wavelengths you know Mm -hmm. so but that kind of brings us to some of what we were going to talk about today which is maybe why we want what we cannot have um I mean I definitely could have I think I could have dated him so I'm glad that I I didn't go after something that I didn't want, even though I could have had it. But we've talked, I know Amy and I have talked a lot about how, why do we like those guys that maybe are what we can't have or are unavailable? So I'm going to kick it back to Amy. Yeah, I was just about to say, anybody who's been a longtime listener of this podcast knows that I am the poster child for wanting and going after men who don't deserve my attention and treat me like crap. And yet I still keep them around and try to be friends with them. Um, We were, we were talking about something before this, uh, before we started recording this podcast, which I'm, I'm not going to go into, but it involved a certain uh, scenario that is a little strange and, and does not play out in favor of someone uh, it doesn't affect me too much, but I feel sorry for other people involved. Um, but yeah, I this is not you know the, the the whole Kentucky thing is not the first time that I've gone after a guy and caught feelings for something that has been a really bad situation. And I know Amanda especially will tell you that. I tend to uh, react, overreact maybe, overreact, overthink whenever uh, men are involved. And especially when, let's just say all the times I've embarrassed myself horribly when alcohol has been involved, it's been because there was a man at the root cause of it. I I do remember an incident at an outdoor movie night where I disgraced one of Amanda's camping chairs (laughs) (laughs) and a a couch at a bar. Um. I mean, I think you feel so fully and deeply and then your emotions 
don't yeah. have anywhere to go. Yeah, and it's it sucks because you know that that whole connection thing. It's like when I connect, I connect, and it's like you know, it's like Lego. It it sticks together, and it's hard to pull back apart unless you got one of those fancy brick separator things. And I'm sure that had I done any kind of research on this, I'm sure there's a psychological con- a psychological explanation or, or term for that feeling of going after people that are not good for you. I, I do that a lot, and I know you and I have talked about uh, in the past... I mean, it's been a lifelong thing for me since high school. Like, my high school crush basically wanted nothing to do with me. He ended up dating one of my girlfriends. So, I mean, it's like not getting what I want is kind of old hat <laughs> where where men are concerned. <laughs> I have a, a weird question. What about the ones that want you, like, and you're like, eh, like, you know. How do you how do you feel when you find out somebody who likes you and you're like mm-hmm. okay so this is what made the Kentucky thing so hard because I was talking to my friend pervert Jim in Texas about this my good old pervert Jim <laughs> hi pervert Jim I'm gonna get him on the podcast I'm working on it he's a, I'm, I'm working on it does he know that he's called pervert Jim <laughs> yes I told him that I, I nicknamed him pervert Jim and I'm like you know it's a term of affection right and he's like yeah I know <laughs> and he, he was like he was asking about the Kentucky thing because I mean I'm gonna be honest he was a good-looking guy but I've dated guys who are way better looking and, you know, we're in different situations in their life that were more, you know, more compatible with me and, you know, closer. You know, there's this whole slew of things that just, you know, we did don't seem like we should have matched on paper. And I remember when we met on OKCupid, we didn't have a high, high match percentage either. But it was the fact that whenever he would talk to me, it's like he really put an effort into it and he seemed like he really wanted to talk to me and the more he talked to me and the more time that we talked to each other the more I wanted to talk to him and that made him so much more attractive to me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm actually a really my needs are actually really simple it can boil down to the Rihanna song just make me feel like I'm the only girl in the world and you know I'll be attracted to you that 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 seems yeah. simple enough. Well, I, okay. I think you and I, Amy, are really similar. Oh, I this. would agree. I'm less vulnerable than you, so I don't talk about this stuff <laughs> as much. I make you think I'm vulnerable. Well, but... you are very open, which I think is is a sign of vulnerability, which I think is a positive thing. Like, that's a compliment. And I'm, I want you to sing. (laughs) (laughs) And so I totally hear what you're saying. I mean, I definitely have a slew of like unrequited love, right. From my past. And a lot of times it's just, it sucks when like you are someone who doesn't feel a connection often. And it's like super great when you feel with somebody who feels a connection with you, but sometimes you feel a connection with somebody and you, 
you know, I know I sometimes try to think, well, there could be a connection here. It's just like this needs to happen and there will be. Bottom line, usually it's either going to happen or it isn't Mm. pretty quick. And so kind of holding on to hope. Yeah. It isn't, isn't usually, and I mean, I'm saying this as somebody who does exactly that. And I trace it back to. I'm sure there's like childhood trauma or, you know, some kind of psychological issue with myself. I'm, I couldn't tell you what it is, but maybe I have abandonment issues or something, but. Well, I mean, it probably is. It probably is like a fear of rejection because it's like you're setting yourself up to get rejected, but at the same time, it's a safe rejection. Yeah. You know, and like I said, I kind of trace it back to like just thinking about all of the shows I watched when I was a teenager and there would be like the 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 people you would ship. Right. So like, you know, shippers. And so it's like um, Scully and Mulder. And it was like this 12-year slow burn. And you're like, well, you know they love each other, right? And, it, <laughs> and, and I mean, like, I could ship the hell out of somebody even if there was, like, nothing there. I'd be like, oh, I watched the show for these two characters. And everyone else was like, what? They're, they're not, what? And I was like, no, no, don't you see it? So I trace it back to, I think TV warped me a little bit. <laughs> I, I think I grew up with this idealized idea of the way life is supposed to play out you know looking at my parents and the way that everything happened for them which was pretty much storybook romance then I come along and it's like oh yeah I'll 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 go to college I'll meet someone in college I'll get married shortly thereafter you know it's like you know life society says okay well this is the way things are supposed to happen you know you do this then you do this and that happens and it's like no that didn't happen oh missed that one you know not not much in my life has gone according to the way society I'm making air quotes has said it's supposed to go no, I definitely hear that. I resonate with, with all of that. I mean, I I certainly didn't think I was going to get married after college, but I definitely, you know, thought things were going to go differently than the way that they have and kind of coming to terms with that. And I think part of that is coming to terms with like our role in, yeah. in that with maybe being with the wrong guy. Like I definitely spent a lot of years with the wrong person I think I can safely say I did too (laughs) and even my my shrink told me you stayed with him because you were afraid to be alone like yep I think I did that a couple of times actually see I don't stay with somebody because I'm afraid of being alone. I'm I'm okay being alone. I stay with somebody because I, I have blinders on. And I think something's going to be... I think stuff, something's better than it is. Or I, I like, put, put it in... At least with that relationship. Like, I, I didn't live in reality. I think I get complacent. And it's like, well, it's okay. It's not, not that bad. You know, it's in my, in my head. I tell myself, well, this is okay this is fine. There's flames and the walls are falling down around us, but it's okay. This is fine. I'm not getting what I need, but you know, at least I have someone to hang out with on the weekend. 
I think a lot of us do it too. And it's just one of those, once you walk away from it, you look back, you're like, Oh my God, like, why did I, you know, when you're in the middle, you know, it's the whole, like, and I don't know how, I don't know if it's a true thing in like science or whatever, but you know, the dog and the the dog. Wow. (laughs) Sorry guys. I did just wake up not too long ago. Please don't put your dogs in any boiling pots. Mm -hmm. Not that frogs are okay, but at least for, uh, for the saying goes, um, you know, yeah. Slow boil. You know, allegedly, I don't know. I don't go about boiling frogs, so I wouldn't know if that actually works <laughs> in real life. But at least we know what we're trying to say when we talk about that. So, I mean, yeah, you, and I've had some stuff where I look back and I was just like, wow, you know. And the funny thing is, yeah, and like, especially like what Amanda was saying about blinders is that you don't want to see it. It's not like you're. Tr- to varying degrees it's like either you really don't want to see it you know there's something going on or it's just like you just don't see it because you know um it's not in your you know your range and you know even and weirdly so especially if people point it out you're kind of like oh no no you don't know what you're talking about it's fine everything's great if they're like you're yeah go ahead no yeah that's it you know people say something you're like yeah you don't know what you're talking about and then later on you're like oh my god you know well yeah like whenever you're if your parents say they don't like your boyfriend then you're not gonna see how awful they are until you leave and then you're like oh my god they were right they he was awful why was i with him oh just to tick off my parents not that i ever did that but i dated someone that my parents hated Yeah, I haven't done that, but I have had the experience of my girlfriend, some of which are (laughs) you guys, but also our other friend, Amy, of being like, so this is what's happening and like, you know, that's not okay. And then me being like, you just, you just don't, you just don't know him like I do. You just don't know. You got to, you got to understand like everything that like went into this happening, right? Like it's all of this like explaining away. And then like when you finally reach that limit, it's like, oh yeah, none of the good made any of that bad. Okay. You know, and, and you just, you have to get to a point of no return. I was just going to say that with me, the um, I'm going to reference an oldie, but goodie here. I, I referred to him as hot boss. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You guys all know who I'm talking about. I referred to him as the guy who uh, ruined my chair at the outdoor movie night. <laughs> <laughs> He was hot, though. And he, he was. And he was my, well, he was the head of my department, not my direct boss. But uh, with him, with Kentucky, with, uh, well, those are the only two examples I can think of off the top of my head. But in both of these cases, I didn't know either of these people. One I worked with, so I was around him physically, but I never talk to him like I never had an in-depth conversation with him versus Kentucky who I'm never met in person so I have no idea what kind of you know what it's like to be in his presence but both of these guys there was a key aspect missing so it's like in my mind I'm filling in the blanks and Mm -hmm. really idealizing all of these things Mm-hmm. and not seeing, okay, are there faults here? You know, well, does he do this? Does he like that? 
oh, obviously he does that because of this. You know, it's like you you make a lot of assumptions and you you fill in the blanks with very rosy, idealized pictures that you make up because you don't know. And uh, then you drink too much at outdoor movie nights because you're pining and you never get the answers that you need. (laughs) Well, yeah, and with that, you really are... Because that's different. Like, there's three different things we're talking about, right? We're talking about the crush of the person that you don't really know, but you still feel like you have this connection with that you can't explain. And then we're talking Mm -hmm. about the guy that you do know and have a relationship with, but maybe it isn't romantic and you wish that there was. And so there's like an unrequited thing. Both of those are unrequited, right? Right. Um, But different. And then we're also talking about like just being in a relationship that is toxic or not healthy for for you right even if that person would be healthy with someone else like the relationship isn't there and so I think what's interesting with you and the um guys when you have this deep connection but you don't really know them I agree with you the whole idealizing and everything but what do you think is kind of going on there where you're why did you why do you keep him from being somebody that you got to know um, and just kind of keep him as this unrequited crush? Or were you trying to get to know him? The hot boss? Yeah. So I was trying to get hired on permanently. I was a contractor. Mm-hmm. And I was not, I didn't know, A, I didn't know what his relationship status was. And I was trying to quietly find out without having the entire office know that I had the hots for the the vice president of marketing. Okay. And the other thing was I didn't know what the company policy was on inner like dating inner office, which I later found out it was very loosey goosey and there were like at least twelve couples that met at work that both worked at this company. So they were like totally okay with it as long as you didn't work in the same department. Mm-hmm. And then the biggest thing was that I was just so painfully shy. Like, so this guy was so good looking. And at the time, when I first started working there, I was overweight. I had really low self-esteem. I was dating someone who couldn't tell me how he felt in many years. And I was just not in a great place. And then suddenly it's like this guy smiles at me and it's just like, oh, my God, he noticed me. And I remember when he walked by and it was, this sounds so stupid now, but it was literally a lightning bolt moment where he walked by and I'm just like, oh, fuck. Oh, God, I've got feelings for him. You know, it's like it was just that strong of a feeling. And uh, like, this is so this doesn't make any sense. I don't know this guy. Why, you know, what the hell? What's wrong? I was very confused myself. And then it was just like, oh, crap, what am I going to do about this? Because he's never going to give me the time of day because I'm not my best self right now. So I lost 23 pounds to gain his attention. (laughs) Oh. You guys didn't know that's why I lost weight? No. We just figured you were losing weight, you know, and you're like, I feel great now, and, you know, or at least. No, it was so that I would be on a level that I could compete for his attention. (laughs) 
I did keep that off, though. That's good. Yeah. Now I'm losing weight just for me, so it's a little different. I It would be nice to have that kind of motivation again, but... Yeah, so I lost a bunch of weight, and I started ballet dancing again. I like to think that he at least noticed, but every time I got close to the guy, every time I was around him, I would totally freeze. There was one time when I tried to talk to him, and I just went, and I was just, I was so embarrassed I had to walk away. So I really, really tried. And that fit. happened to me one time in college. Um, I was in this uh, poetry class with this guy who was, oh my God, he was he was older. He was so good looking. I was a freshman, and it was like, I, okay, so I had I was in the poetry class with him, and then I had this um, snow globe that my mom had sent me in a care package, and. I don't know what I was do- I was in my dorm, but I don't know what I was doing with it. But I, I ended up breaking it and I cut slashed my thumb like really bad. So I had to go to health services and he like saw me at health services and said something and I or he saw me there. But then the next day in class, like he came up to start talking to me and he said something about that. And then he made a joke about poetry and I was like, I mean, I was like an 18 and he was like a junior or something. I was like, I, and he was like, the, he was so gorgeous. And, <laughs> and it really, I opened my mouth to talk and it was that like, uh, uh, and like nothing, <laughs> nothing happened. And I like, I can still see it. I can see his face. I can see all of it. So I, I've definitely been there, Amy. Like <laughs> it happened. There was, so like the. The people I worked with, um, I had a group of maybe, it was mostly women that I worked with, and we we all worked doing web design and a couple project managers and stuff like that. So, like, my immediate co-workers all kind of got the buzz that I had the hots for this guy. So, that's how I found out about the whole loosey-goosey, you-can-date-your-co-workers policy. Um. So then after they found out, because they were all permanents, they're like, we're going to make this happen. You know, they they sort of got in on it and were trying to find ways to kind of throw us together and, and sort of make this connection happen. And so then it was like a thing. And there are times when it's like, how could this guy not have known that I had something going on? Because I remember one day I was walking down the steps to go out to lunch and he was coming in. So I was up looking down. He was looking up at me. And I remember he he was looking down. He saw me. And have you ever seen. Never in my life have I seen someone's entire face light up with a smile that they were so happy to see. some. You know, they were this guy. He would just. His whole face lit up when he saw me and he smiled and said hello. And maybe it was my imagination, but I'm surprised I didn't fall down the steps because my knees went weak. My knees have never gone weak in my life. And I damn near fell down the steps. And I was just like, I smiled and I was playing it cool. Like, you know, I I, I smiled and said hello back. I didn't stop and talk to him. 
I'm such an idiot. Well, but I mean, didn't you later find, I would say that, yeah, that would have been a great opportunity to stop and talk to him and start something. But like, didn't you find out later that he was actually married? With a, with a child. Right. So, I mean. And none of, no, none of the, nobody knew. No one in the entire office knew either. Really? So, not a soul. Yeah, so, I mean, I think he was probably just a tough nut to crack, and then I'm sure he wasn't, he may have been like, oh, this girl at work kind of has a crush on me, but it was all hard, like, from his point of view, right? Like, it was it, probably all harmless. Yeah, like, and so he probably was like, oh, you know, she's a nice person, whatever, but he didn't, he didn't, yeah, like, he come probably, on to you. Right, you know? he, he wasn't seeing it as anything more than, you know, um. I'll be nice to her, but I'm not going to flirt with her kind of mm-hmm. thing. I don't want to encourage this. Or he could have been totally fishing for a little side action, too. Who knows? I I think if he'd been fishing for a side action, then he would have. It would have happened. <laughs> or, I mean, he would have made a pass at you. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. it sounds like he just, you know, like you said, you kind of built built up an idealized version of things yeah. because your connection was so strong and. I think in our society, we often um, discount, like, that unrequited love or the one-sided connection. And, like, that is just as, like, that feels real. That is real. Mm -hmm. Like, those feelings are valid. And I think it's sort of, if you you find yourself being the one, like, who is is experiencing that one-sided love, like, I think it's for your best best self-interest to recognize that and then try to mitigate it and move on but that it's like that's still nothing should discount the feelings that you're feeling right you know and I can't tell you how many people said what you're feeling isn't real you know it and that made it used to tick me off so much because I mean there's a difference between saying yeah it doesn't feel real and what you want isn't real you know it's not Mm -hmm. plausible but everyone just kind of discounted it to like oh what you're feeling isn't real you've got them idealized in your head and it's like well okay what do you want me to do with this then yeah how do you suggest I turn it off you know no your feelings are definitely real like you don't, yeah. the re, there isn't a relationship, but that doesn't mean that you don't feel the way you feel. Yeah. And you asked, uh, Erica, you asked earlier about what I do whenever someone likes me and I don't like them back. I actually have, so I have a friend named Mike. Um, so I met him and then my dad got sick and I'm like, well, I can't date anyone right now because I have to put my priorities otherwhere elsewhere and, and he's like, you know, no, no problem. I still want to be your friend. I want to talk to you, you know, and, and he was okay with that. And so we ended up staying friends. We are really good friends. He's one of, I would count him as one of my best friends, but I often wonder, despite all of my attempts to dissuade it, that he doesn't still feel something. And it, it, I, I've been told I've done my part. I've done all that I can do and it shouldn't be an issue, but I still am worried that maybe he still is holding out hope that something will happen again in the future. Kind of the 
opposite of how I've been in the past. Like, he's where I was with Hot Boss, like, trying to hold out hope that I'll come around. I mean, I think that you're not responsible for other people's feelings, just as they're not responsible for your feelings. I think as long as you are being upfront with him and that you're not being flirtatious with him, like even if you think, oh, this is just fun, jokey, we're just friends, because I mean, people flirt with their friends, that innocent flirting that you're like, well, this doesn't mean anything. Well, you do have to be aware of like, well, I know this doesn't mean anything, but like we have this history where it might mean something to him. So I shouldn't do that. Right. But otherwise, I think he is an adult and you have to let him make his own decision. And if he thinks that being friends with you is worth being friends with you, then let him. I mean, just as long as you're being clear, you're, you know. Yeah, I do. I definitely have boundaries with him. You know, there, there's just there's this line. It, it's like an invisible line that neither one of us cross. Well, I mean, it, it seems to be mutual. I mean, he's holding to that. You know, he's not yeah. trying to nudge. You know, the line. And again, like it's been made. He's perfectly aware of the situation. You know, as are you. So I mean. Yeah, and we. I mean, we date it right before my dad passed so that's been like four years ago so we've been friends since then so hopefully he if he was having feelings for me he's gotten over them by now well and if he hasn't like that's that's his thing to deal with you know i mean it's like i've i've had crushes on friends where it wasn't mutual and you know we still well like one of my my, one of my best friends in the whole world uh in high school I asked him out or actually it was right after high school I asked him out and he just said no and then I was like okay well we're still gonna be friends so see you later (laughs) and then (laughs) we are still friends to this day it has come out that he is gay but he didn't tell me that at the time because he wasn't out. And so in high school, like it was me spending all this time with this guy who um, isn't really stereotypically, you know, gay, whatever the fuck that means. But, you you know, um, and so I didn't know until years later. And it's like, well, if he had just said, well, I don't want to keep being friends with her because she might not be able to handle it. Like then I might not have one of my best friends of over 20 years. So it's like, you know, you got to let people make their own decisions. As long as you are clear with where you stand, then that's all, you know, that's all you can do. We do all kinds of stuff together and it never feels weird. Generally speaking, the whole, I, I seem to attract what what I attract and what I am attracted to are vastly different things. <laughs> that that happens a lot, you know. And then someday there's this weird lucky mix of the two, and then that's mm-hmm. you know, and you're like, oh, hold on, this might work actually, <laughs> you know. So. I feel like I have dominated this episode with all my talk of unrequited. <laughs> you had a lot to say. Relationships. 
You had a lot to say. That's and okay. I'm open and vulnerable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you're open and vulnerable because you will, you, you'll talk about it and you'll, I think Hopefully you... Hopefully learn and grow from it, maybe. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, I think that about does us for this episode. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And thank you, Amy, for sharing with Over-sharing. us. Oversharing. <laughs> well, I don't think oversharing. You had a lot to say. And I think it was, I, there are other people who have this happen to them. And I think talking about it is good. Letting people know, A, this is, this is normal. Like these things happen. And somebody else who goes through what you're going through is going to hear this and feel better. And people who have never experienced what you're experiencing, hopefully will like learn a little empathy. So thank you. And, and if, uh, if anyone hears this and can either empathize or has a similar share story to share, or, you know, I'd love to hear that. I'd love to have someone to empathize with as well. Please tell me I'm not the only idiot out there who does this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So if you want to write in, you can email us at letsswipepod at gmail.com. That's letsswipepod without the apostrophe at gmail.com. You can also give us a follow on Instagram at letsswipepodcast. I guess that's it. Until next time. Bye, everybody. Take care. Bye, guys.